0: Hi! Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I overdid it again. Okay. God damn it. Okay. <laughs> I was trying
1: to do this Joe Dispenza meditation mm-hmm. where you keep your eyes open, mm-hmm. but I was in my car and very aware that people could see me staring out, <laughs> ah! so I just kept Okay. I so thought that would make me look more normal. I made no progress. Oh, oh my god! I'm sorry. Who knows what I'll say.
0: <laughs> and your microphone sounds like a robot a little bit. Stop. Oh, it's not terrible. I think we can get through it. Like it goes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: is that all? <laughs> <laughs> you think the listeners
0: will mind. <laughs> oh, my God. We could just see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of the Hash Wednesday podcast with me, comedian Catherine Maloney. And me, Minister Mary McGee. <laughs> What are we going to talk about this week?
1: Oh, this week we're going to talk about St. Catherine of Siena. She was a mystic and a devout follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We may or may not bring up aliens <laughs> at <laughs> oh,
0: some point in the show. <laughs> it's going to come up. It always does.
1: And... uh Back to you.
0: (laughs) I bought The Last Supper. Are you
1: kidding me? I was literally thinking today, I wish I still had my lack of The Last Supper. That's crazy. Maybe I was like experiencing what you were experiencing.
0: Maybe. Well, I went to the St. Stephen Thrift Shop and it was Stephen, like our Uncle Stephen with the PH. Really? So I was in there. (laughs) I was in there and they had it. And I was like, Kayla. And she was with her friend. Haley and I was like I'm gonna get this (laughs) they were like okay you fucking weirdo and I was like for my wall for the podcast (laughs) (laughs) oh my god who am I oh my god that's funny that you were thinking that that was a weird thing to say I think I was avoiding doing St. Catherine because it's my name. And I thought it was like weird to be like, we should do St. Catherine. And it's actually one of your oh, names as well. Yeah. So I think from like a, I don't want to be like vain standpoint, I was kind of like keeping it arm's length. But she literally pops up in like almost every saint. Yeah. She's everywhere. So she's like associated with um, St. Rose of Lima. Like that was her girl. If you remember in that episode, St. Rose actually like hung pictures of Catherine of Siena, like on her wall. Yeah, she was obsessed with her. Chewing on dried herbs and spitting it out, you know. Yeah,
1: that was like a big thing.
0: Yeah, bitter herbs. I was thinking
1: of trying that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like a fucking cow chewing on fucking uh, oh my god it's funny oh <laughs>
1: so, well, we should sell bitter herbs as like a weight loss
0: remedy <laughs> we should we can put it like as a dual pack with the hosts you know that we're getting in bulk <laughs> from st Clair's. poor st claire pa.com for all your bulk eucharist needs oh i know so much stuff now about saints and oh like, my god we're gonna have to put this into a curriculum and fucking people would I know they would absorb this information so much one better day we should
1: take like for. adhd medication and like sit down
0: yeah i took 80, it all out. i took some medicine like i don't know how long i took it for though maybe a year. And I don't remember being any better. I know I took
1: Wellbutrin, but that's just like something that, you know, they say can possibly help. They don't,
0: you know, know Mm -hmm. what the
1: exact reasoning is, but I took that for like a year that it didn't really.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, if something really worked, I would totally take it. I'm not against medication. Oh no. For me too. Yeah. But if it doesn't really have like an impact Whether it's short term or long term, like, I don't see the point of putting something in my body if it's not doing what it's supposed to do, because the side effects with half of the shit is worse than the shit that you're trying to fight. So I don't know. (laughs) They're like, what the fuck is this episode about? (laughs) <laughs> oh,
1: and did we mention we're crazy?
0: <laughs> did we mention we're crazy <laughs> yeah, this is for entertainment purposes only and uh don't take this shit too seriously. Exactly. All right. I have so many fucking notes on her. I just I get know, me started. too I haven't said this in a while. This is a really big saint. This uh,
1: is a big thing
0: and there's Jeez. so much to her yeah. So right off the bat, she's a, just to give you a little taste, she's a 14th century saint, right? So what do we know about the 14th century? They were fucking crazy in the 14th century. Yeah. I mean, it was like bonkers. They're, they must have been cranking out saints too, because I feel like almost every week we're talking about the century. She was born on March 25th, 1347. March 25th is the Annunciation Day. And I did a little bit of looking into that because I know it sounded familiar, but I was like, I don't know specifically what it is. So the Annunciation Day is a festival commemorating the announcement of the incarnation by the angel Gabriel to the Virgin Mary. So this was the day that Gabriel, uh, the archangel, went to Mary and was like, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you are going to, you know, Have a son by God. And she literally said to the angel, this is like according to the story, that she said, How could this be since I'm a virgin? And he was like, Don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit's going to take care of all that. It's going to overshadow you. And because you're a virgin and it's the Holy Spirit doing this, that's why the baby's going to be a holy child. It's like a big day. If it falls within, the first three days of the Holy Week, then the monks, they get like an extra like bonus feast. Like instead of eating the lagoons that are like soaked in water and like raw <laughs> fruits and vegetables. Yeah. Like Yeah. And they used to drink cumin flavored water. Like that was their daily fucking go-to beverage so if the annunciation day fell within the first three days of the holy week then they got a feast of shellfish and like big pours of wine like oh they,
1: that sounds nice
0: isn't that nice they were probably like this is gonna be amazing <laughs> i'm gonna eat so many fucking shrimp man <laughs> the enunciation falls like on a friday all bets are off like everybody can eat meat and there's <laughs> no diet restrictions like no fasting like this is a big fucking deal man
1: oh that's cool
0: i was like i don't remember that so so she's born on March 25th. It's the Annunciation Day. She is uh, the 25th and the youngest child of her parents. What was the um,
1: Like her mother's poor vagina.
0: Oh my God, 25 fucking kids. Oh my God, like I hurt for her. I know, and the parents were- Jacopa and Lupa Benicasa. That's a fucking mouthful. Mm -hmm. And Catherine was a twin. Her twin sister Giovanna unfortunately passed along with half of her other siblings. Brothers and sisters all ended up dying from the black death that was sweeping. Yeah. Northern Italy at that time. So it was so depressing. Even though she was the baby, they probably thought this, but the parents and everybody were like, man, Catherine's like really special. There's yeah. something about this kid. You know, they encouraged her. She's at a very young age. I mean, like really young. She started like cultivating her own little prayer yeah. where she'd have this like little routine. And then she shared how to do that like with her friends. yeah. She, Right, she had like a little like congregation, even yeah. at, like a young. I think age. she was
1: like five or six when she had like her first vision of Jesus.
0: Oh yeah, even before that, like when she was five, she was like climbing up the stairs on her knees, and the parents yeah. thought that she was floating. Yeah,
1: she was like floating up the stairs and in prayer. Was,
0: yeah, every single step she did an Ave Maria. This kid was just like hovering. Then <laughs> <laughs> when she was six, like you were saying, she was walking home with her. Brother brother from church and all of a sudden she sees this huge bright light the brother you know is like what is going on like he's like trying to snap her out of it mm-hmm. and all of a sudden she sees jesus on this elaborate throne in fancy dancy like bishop gear with a papal tiara with jewels on it like he was just like big pimpin'. like <laughs> he's like just dropping in to see six-year-old Catherine of Siena say what's up and he had his boys with him yeah he had saint peter saint paul, saint, paul. And saint john he gave her like the sign of the cross and that was it and the brother was like i didn't see anything in Bright the sky yeah it. but i didn't see all that but after that Catherine was like i'm gonna fast i'm doing mortification you know, yeah. you know what these girls do i'm like my virginity goes to jc like all these big promises the parents were cool with it they thought wow this is uh this is something else like i guess." she's a gift from God. Like it's the youngest and she survived and she's so devout. So they ended up giving her a room in the basement just designated for her prayer.
1: That's actually the nicest that I've heard any saint parents be so far. Yeah. Because usually they try to stop them from whatever they're doing.
0: Yeah. Like not encourage it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They asked her like, why are you so good to us (laughs) you know like what's your deal man and she was like well i look at my father like he's jesus i look at my mother like she's mary and i look at my siblings like they're apostles so i'm gonna treat them the best you know go above and beyond and everybody was just really blown away by it and from like basically from six years old up to 13 years old she was very encouraged and they were really all about her but then when she turned 13 they went to her and they said, we're going to arrange your marriage. And she was probably like, what the fuck do you mean?
1: I know.
0: Like, what about this life led you to believe I wasn't going to be a fucking nun? Like at the very least. So
1: yeah. What happened? Her sister, I think died.
0: Yeah. Having a baby, her sister Bonaventure.
1: So they wanted Catherine to marry the sister's husband.
0: Mm-hmm. Her brother-in-law.
1: Yeah.
0: And she was like, I'm going to cut my fucking hair over this.
1: Yeah, she was not happy.
0: She was just like, this is fucking crazy. And she cut off all her hair. Her mother was like, what the fuck did you do that for? And she was like, I need you to leave me alone now. So she ended up getting help, like consulting with her cousin, who was a Dominican priest. Mm-hmm. And basically he got her in. So she really had her eyes set on the same group that St. Rose was in. The third order St. Dominic's, yeah, Sister of Penitence of St. Dominic's is. Third Order, the Dominicans. So the thing about that convent and that order is you can live at home, right? We know that about St. Rose. She lived in the hut in the backyard. It's mm-hmm. her parents' place. She was doing nursing out of there. So same thing. She can live at home. She's going to wear that, you know, blue and white outfit. And she has to have a set schedule of sacrificial dedications or whatever, which is like, that's all she ever wanted to do. Yeah. So her cousin gets her in. And from 16 to 19 years old, she lives at home. She learns how to read. And St. Catherine really got after restoring the Catholic church in society, um, of politics. Like she was like, come to order. Let's get it back together. So she was talking to the popes. She was advising and giving like consultation to like bishops and cardinals and other like leaders in society. Like They were going to her for advice, which is crazy. She's 16 to 19 years old. That's nuts, you know. But she just knew what her purpose was.
1: When she learned how to read, Mm -hmm. it was said in a couple of the things that I watched that she didn't actually learn how to read because, like, there was no teacher, there was nothing like that. She was in solitude and in prayer and meditation to Jesus, wanting to learn more about the scriptures because she couldn't actually read them. Mm. Her only like connection to spirituality was like staring at a crucifix and meditating. So Jesus came to her and gave her the ability to read and write.
0: Holy shit. Like they kept Referring to like her confessors. And I guess those were like the priests or the monks or the higher ups yeah. in the Catholic Church. Yeah. And I she would like, go
1: to them and like tell them these kinds of things that were going on. Yes. She would continuously go to them and they would try to like, you know, be like, hey, you know, like tone it down a bit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But- yeah. Cause she had like conversations with Jesus.
0: Big ones. Okay. So talk about a conversation. She actually experienced a spiritual marriage to Jesus Christ. We're going to get into this one. So it was the last night of the carnival in Siena, Italy, and (laughs) she's back in her room praying in a scourging vigorously. OK, she's getting ready for bed. And all of a sudden, Mary, Jesus, St. John, the evangelist, St. Paul and David, the poet king with his heart all appeared in mm-hmm. her room. Mary the Virgin took her right hand, and Jesus Christ put a diamond with four pearls pronging it. I would be like, Mary the Virgin is here for me. (laughs) My picture, (laughs) he put a ring on it. Spoiler alert, it's invisible though. <laughs> Nobody can see it by Catherine. <laughs> and now that visitation when she was six years old seems super creepy to me.
1: I know. So Mm-mm. so sexual. <laughs> these like, children's saint videos. Like, by the
0: fourth time I watched that episode, I was really...
1: Uncomfortable. For,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so she gets married to Jesus um, with an invisible ring that's pulling down as fuck.
1: Yeah. She was like, there's a diamond and pearls around it. <laughs> <laughs> sure you is. can't see it, though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Only I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, that's all going on. <laughs> and she was really staying like St. Augustine and Gregory the Great. It's just so funny because we kind of pick our saints at random, right? Yeah. And they're all connected.
1: Yeah, we wait for a sign. Obviously, we're not like <laughs> monsters. We meditate a bit and we wait for <laughs> full moons. <laughs> and signs, and numbers, (laughs) and then we just pick it, like regular people.
0: So she gets married to Jesus and she says, I'm not going to be that bride that just sits at home and doesn't do shit for the community. I'm going to get my ass up. So she gets her ass up and she begins a very active ministry for the poor, the sick, the imprisoned. She was like, you need me. I'm your girl. She hit the ground running. She ate nothing, right? Yeah. She had so much energy. And She
1: was like her. the most anorexic saint, like out of all the saints that, you know, really use this extreme method of yeah. fasting. Mm-hmm. She is by far the most intense where she literally would eat
0: absolutely nothing. I read something that said at one point that she said she had another vision with Jesus and he had her drink the blood. I saw that too. Room. Yes. yes. And then, because of that, she didn't have to eat anymore. And, like, yeah. actually, she was unable to eat. She couldn't so, digest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh like,
0: God. so, St. Catherine is one of the most documented saints because of how severe her anorexia was they thought she was a witch because she wasn't eating and she had miracles and she was having all these visions and all the shit was going on so they actually made her like eat in public so people could witness her eating and she would go through that whole thing but then she told the confessors that she was literally like sticking things down her throat in order to like fennel stalks that's it yep fennel Mm stalks
1: and and she said that was like um also her penance. It's just, I don't know, it's just such extreme behavior. Like I know that, you know, that's what they're about, but I always try to think of it in these times, you know, if this was going on, how that person would be, labeled and treated yeah, behaving in that way.
0: Yeah, they wouldn't be celebrated. I mean, there are probably people that are close to this, you know, right now maybe, in our Yeah, that's existence. what I think,
1: maybe. Well, and she... we're like, okay, whack job.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she begins like really active life. And in 1374, the plague swept through Northern Italy and she and her group, that she was with, they all stayed and they nursed whoever they could back to health. And for those who passed, they actually buried them. She was like really committed to making sure that she nursed. And she's actually one of the patron saints for nursing. And the fact
1: exactly. that she tended to people who not only had highly contagious bubonic plague, mm-hmm. you know, and also at that time, um, leprosy was happening, yeah. both highly contagious, and she never got either of them. And she was in very close quarters with those people people constantly Mm
0: -hmm. taking care of
1: them. And she never got any of those diseases.
0: It's crazy. Well, in my encyclopedia, they- Oh, I know what you're going to say. This is pretty gruesome. So when I know, should I skip it? No. Okay. So she was so repulsed by the odor that was emanating from this woman's cancerous breast that she gathered and drank all the pus from it. And she said she did this because she wanted to overcome all bodily sensations. And the night she experienced, oh, and then there was that other vision where Jesus had her drink his uh, womb. Blood mm-hmm. sounds like a, like a vampire or something. It's like I
1: so know, weird, I know. It's just so interesting to me that okay, like out of all the weird things that we talk about, mm-hmm. like this kind of talk is also weird. Do you know what I mean? But it's, it's like super more- weird but it's more accepted because it's a religion. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah,
0: that's so true. Like, that's why I really got into it because I would read these stories and I'm like, that cannot be right. And that
1: stories are so outlandish. I think that when people think of saints, if they have any opinion of them, I think that they just think of them as holy beings, you know, like you don't yeah. really... All of the stories are gruesome in some way and gross, you know.
0: Yeah. It's just so stories, interesting. I agree. She decided to start writing letters like to anyone and everyone she's like hey y'all it's me your girl cat well because she Listen. had just learned
1: how so she that's was so true. excited
0: oh that's but, so true I didn't, isn't think that, of that
1: wild though that like she literally just learned to write that's crazy to me and now that's what she's doing
0: and you can buy them it's there's 374 yeah, yeah you buy it on amazon it's like crazy six bucks. Mm-hmm. i'm like every time i do one of these episodes i want to buy a book Should i you know like, i like to get the ones that are like saint anthony they have his i think he's got like almost 600 letters or sermons there's a yeah. lot for him it's like in the high 500s um saint francis they have his stuff uh, saint Clair, mm-hmm. i have the saint Teresa book
1: oh i do too yeah i know i want to read them too you
0: gotta get that app where you just like skip A page it's an audiobook and it picks up from there i gotta find it it's always in my news feed and i forget all right so she's writing everybody and the number one person that she's got a bee in her bonnet with is the pope at the time because the way she saw it and the holy spirit apparently spoke through her or guided her because she claimed that The Pope and the papacy was supposed to be in Rome. That's where it's supposed to be located, not in France. And Mm -hmm. she was disturbed by the rampant corruption of the church. And she believed Mm -hmm. that the source of all that was the fact that, you know, they were over in France. And there was a lot of like political intrigue and conflict during this time. This is scandalous. That's the way they looked at it. And they said, for one, the papacy was divorced from special sanctification. Of Rome. And the second reason was the Pope had been increasingly captive to French politics and lifestyle. People in Rome thought that the people in Avalon, France, were just like decadent and corrupt, yeah. you know? So they were like, if we're going to save the church, we got to get the Pope back to Rome. Yeah. And that's what Catherine said. And so, people
1: were falling away from the church at that time, too, because it was in the middle of this horrific plague. Three quarters of the city were dead. There's bodies that are being buried and then ripped out by dogs who were eating them and throwing their bones in the street. So people oh were God. just like, fuck everything. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have this Pope, like live in La Vita Loca in France. But the amazing thing, like you said, is that Catherine's letters convinced him mm-hmm. to come back and do the right thing.
0: Yeah. She said, come, come, come. Don't wait for time because time is not waiting for you. And one year later, after, Catherine actually went out there another Another saint in direct communication with the Pope at the time. It's like they have a direct line of these guys. And I think I that's why everybody's like, they must be the real deal. So after a year of that, he went back. Like you said, he did the right thing, which is awesome. And she was so beloved that she actually had followers that like called her mama. Mm. And the group is called Catarinatis and they were a group that basically followed her and whatever she said, they were like disciples, right? Yeah. And we probably have heard this before, but she's the first one other than maybe Joan of Arc that had a following that she kind of ran. So that's cool. The Pope returns to Rome and then she starts getting like really sick, like weird shit she's getting, like shit that the doctors are like, we have no clue. It was
1: probably fibromyalgia.
0: Definitely. (laughs) That was definitely it, right? Because she was like severely dehydrated. You know, she's like beating herself and whatever else. Like she's torturing herself with mortification. Like, yeah, Mm. probably put her system in shock constantly. So all this is happening, but still she's responsible for the return of like thousands of Catholics back to the church. She brought that, you know, stability and that confidence back in them that like, listen, we can go forward and be like who we're supposed to be. Let's do it. Oh, she was considered a spiritual mother to the Barati. Now, after years and years of not eating, she's literally on her deathbed surrounded by all of her people, and of course, they're paying attention to every single last word. So they have her last word. She said, blood, blood, father, into thy hands, I commend my spirit. And she passed away at 33, just like Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Do
1: you know that I read that she performed exorcisms? Really? Yeah. One on like an eight-year-old. This oh. kid was possessed by a demon. So they called St. Catherine to come and help release the demon. And she was like, no, I don't want to go. So then they ended up bringing the child to her and she stayed with her overnight and she prayed with her and the next day the demon was gone <laughs> three days later though it came back <laughs> but nobody told saint catherine jesus came to her and was like yo that demon is back like <laughs> go do something about it so she did she like knocked on their door and she was like did your child happen to get repossessed <laughs> and they were like how did you know and then she was like i got this and and then demon was gone.
0: Oh my god! I
1: know she's like totally a demon slayer. She's
0: player. a ghostbuster. She is.
1: She she's is
0: the patron saint of ghostbusting.
1: Yeah, there was another story where she, <laughs> there was an <laughs> older lady who was possessed by a demon. So <laughs> she goes over and she's like, "Demon be gone!" And the demon, he's a little bit gone, but then gets stuck in the lady's throat. <gasps> I know. So it was like all like scary and protruding and stuff. Yeah. And then St. Catherine just goes to her throat and like
0: does the sign of the cross and then it was gone. Damn. Yeah. She was awesome. She had so many miracles and she was so proud of her letters. She, you know, had them all together and she called it her book. I mean, it's got 383 letters and dialogue and everything. So that's a lot for somebody that just learned how to read and write. Like seriously, it's so wild. Yeah. She has a saying and... Every time I write it down, I feel like I don't write it right. So she said, God told her not to love me for your own sake or for your neighbors, for your own sake, but to love me, myself, yourself, or myself. It's a lot of selves. But I think it's saying that God doesn't want you to love yourself or other people for the sake of their feelings. He wants you to love yourself and other people for the sake of his feelings. So it's like all about him.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that goes back to what you said in the past that like we're just supposed to be like that's the whole thing because like he made us so he's just like just be yeah that's it that's all you're
1: supposed to do that's it it's just very hard to do i
0: know i think we're getting closer to it with this yeah i'm getting better yeah and of course she's a stigmata saint right gotta have that Um, yeah
1: and that was controversial actually Mm -hmm. because she was of the dominican order and stigmata was like trademarked by by the Franciscans that's right
0: rolling so, on our turf
1: motherfucker they didn't like that that's but- our shit But crazily enough, when she got the stigmata, she was in St. Christina's church, I think. She was staring at the altar. She's in meditation and flames come shooting out of the five spots Mm -hmm. where the stigmata is. And they go into Catherine and now she is rising and takes on the image of Jesus. And there was like witnesses to this. Holy shit. That's crazy. Yes. And then she collapsed. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a big day. But then she got up again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she's gathering. Can't hold her back. No sorry. Holy Yeah, shit. and
1: she was like, I have the stigmata. But then she had said to Jesus, she was like, I don't want to be like showing the stigmata. So he had to go away, but she still felt the immense pain. And her sidekick guy who was always with her, I want to say Roberto, but that's, that can't be right. <laughs> I have no idea. Her sidekicks saw the whole thing. (laughs) I don't think his name's (laughs) Roberto. It's
0: okay. We'll fill it in later. Whatever. So he sees
1: the whole thing, right? Now she has no stigmata, but she has all the pains. And he attests to saying that, like, yes, she was in severe, severe pain. Nothing would stop it. She didn't sleep for days. They all prayed for her, like her whole crew. And then eventually she got out of bed and she was like, your prayers have been answered. You know, I still have the pain, but I could tolerate it better.
0: Okay. I think she wanted, like, some. of that pain she right? loves
1: the pain yeah I read something else where um jesus gave her a choice he was like hey punch in the like face this- <laughs> yeah, like do you want this crown of gold or do you want this crown of thorns and she was like hmm, i think you know the answer to that one buddy
0: <laughs> i want the crown of thorns Now, get that on my skull and dig it in.
1: And he was like, okay, but don't worry, B, because you're going to get this crown of gold when you go to heaven and you'll get to wear it for
0: eternity. She was like, that's the way I like it. Yeah. Later, kitty. Yeah, later. That's what I like. Yeah, pain now. Gold later. So yeah, in 1375, that's when she she got the sigmata. She gets canonized in 1461. And she's one of those that they consider a doctor of the church. And that became official in 1970, which I think somebody else we know is a 1970. Who could be? Yeah. Maybe um, uh, St. Jude, maybe? Maybe. He's either 67 or 70. I don't know if they did them in like batches or if it's... I don't. I know yeah but i know she's only one
1: of three women ever named doctor of the church oh
0: do we know the other two
1: that would be helpful
0: (laughs) so yeah she had a ton of miracles so no doubt that she deserved to be a saint this i don't know maybe you know why do you know why is she the patron saint of like fires both physical and metaphorical
1: i couldn't get anything concrete on it only that it was her fiery innate love of jesus that she like loved jesus the most and of anybody like and was the most devoted and tortured her self the most so much what wound up really killing her
0: yeah <laughs> you know, is, but Let's it was see. like
1: that fieryness about her and also the fact like what you mentioned earlier about how she didn't get weakened by her starvation most people they become decrepit and weak she seemed energetic and bubbly and always wow. willing to help yeah. and so i think it was more like that type of fiery
0: yeah and then you uh, mentioned like how she got the stigma. it was like fire shot out it's oh like yeah maybe i don't know and then also her parents i didn't mention this earlier the way they made money was they dried clothes i saw that so she's the patron saint of laundress like people that, so this is like a grandma fagan i saint. know She's always in an episode, I feel like. I was like,
1: are you kidding me? I'm like, out of all things, is that why we kept getting this nagging feeling that we were supposed to do St. Catherine of Siena?
0: You know the thing I showed you that I have that's a St. Catherine like metal? Like it's like a little lucky chain thing? I don't know where that came from but I have the box of pictures like that has all the old pictures and everything Mm -hmm. and I think it might have been in there when I went through it. I think I pulled it out and that's probably where the Padre Pio thing came from too. So I'm thinking maybe that was grandma's. That's Mm -hmm. awesome if it was. Gotta be, because I don't know how else I would have it. That makes me happy. I know. She's also the patron saint against bad marriage. Mm. So if you need to pray to somebody to get yourself out of a pickle, go ahead and do it. She's also the patron saint of Italy and the European nation. She passed away on April 29th. That's her feast date. And she's associated with, you know, St. Clair, St. Augustine, St. Rose there's like a ton. She's like one of those saints that's always popping up. Now, her feast day is April 29th, right? So, Mm -hmm. on April 29th, on Catherine of Siena's feast day, the start of the sermon for Prince William and Catherine Middleton's marriage ceremony started off with a quote from Saint Catherine of Siena. What was it? Be who God meant you to be, you will set the world on fire. And that's how they started the marriage ceremony. Wow. Isn't that so so cool. I was like, that's so cool because it's like Catherine Middleton is the same spelling with the C as the Saint. It's on her that feast day. Cool. I think that's a very Princess Diana quote, too. You know, with, you know yeah, she, I love she, it, actually. Okay, so she's passed away in Rome and her hometown of Siena, you know, where she was born and raised. They're like, we want Catherine laid to rest here and the Vatican and like Rome or whatever is like, yeah, no, it's not fucking happening so she is divvied up and spread out. So you can go mm-hmm. visit several churches. 1383, her confessor Oh, it's not Robert. It's Raymond. Oh, I said Roberto. Roberto. <laughs> oh, whatever. Blessed, yeah, blessed Raymond of I th- yeah. secretly sent Catherine's head back to Siena. Yeah, that was her ride or die. Catherine's foot is housed and displayed in the Dominican Church of Venice, which is where her parents prayed. And most of her remains are buried in her tomb in Rome's Basilica of Santa Maria Sopra Minerva. And outside of her old church, there's a little chapel like set aside that's dedicated to just St. Catherine. She was really loved. And I mean, what a story to be told. I mean, and we did the fast track. There is so much to this.
1: Yeah, I know. She really was an amazing saint.
0: Yeah, freaking crazy. Crazy. All right. Holy shit! Is that Saint Catherine? Is that everything?
1: I think it might be. Oh, here is one fun fact that I found. In her letters to the Pope, she addressed mm-hmm. him as Babo, which means Daddy, instead of Your Holiness. Really? Yeah. Like that's how casual she was with him.
0: She was like, Hey, what's up, big daddy? Yeah. Let's yeah. Kitty cat.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what it does here. Kitty cat. Bring your ass no, doesn't home. Oh, it
0: does say that. <laughs> Bring your
1: ass home. Oh, but you know what I found interesting? Hmm. That you know, I think. When When we think of somebody like her, you don't think that she has like an internal struggle, you know, like most people do. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I was listening to said that she did have like this moment where a voice said to her, it was like her inner voice, but she, you know, assumed it was a demon or she believed it was a demon telling her, you know, you could have it so much easier. You're a very beautiful girl. You can just go get married to this rich man and have this kind of life. And then she saw this handsome man walking in with like a beautiful gown for her. And she went to touch it. And then she prayed to Jesus to resist the temptation and then dress and everything went away. And she still did have an internal struggle. She just associated it with being, you know, like a demon, which who knows, maybe it was in our case, you know, like that's our ego that does something that we think isn't in our best interest. Although in that case, it might have been in her best interest only because she died at 33. But you know what I mean?
0: Maybe that was the test of if she had any hesitation to not be that committed, then she wasn't the girl. Right, right, But she reaffirmed any doubt that they might have had. Right? We have free will. So when it all boils down, yeah. so we can change our mind. So maybe they just want to make sure she wasn't going to change her mind. And they're like, you're in it, baby. You're going to get think that ring. that's a ramp. great
1: way to put it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's St. Catherine. And there's another St. Catherine of Alexandria that's also a badass saint. So we'll do her down the road.
1: Okay, good.
0: And we're going to do St. Camillus next week. I'm excited, A Rockaway right. Saint. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to learn about him.
0: Yeah, I do not think there's a kid's cartoon. You don't? I don't think so. Did you watch anything that you love this weekend?
1: I saw Black Panther today.
0: Oh, is it good? Yeah,
1: it was very good. They did like a nice tribute to... Oh my God, God. thank you. I I was crying the entire time. It was a really good movie. But now I I look at it with like new crazy alien eyes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. And
1: I'm watching it and I'm like, this Mm -hmm. could be real. That could be real
0: yeah they're just trying to dilute it and give it yes
1: time. that's exactly what i feel like when i'm watching it it's that's how antarctica. i felt a- about uh, yes i swear to god
0: yeah that's what i thought i was like oh so it's antarctica it's wait you, the you saw it no but when even when they showed the first black Panther, yeah the first yeah
1: you're right it was like just so interesting and it mm-hmm. even reminded you know like them having the vibranium or whatever like yep. how there's things out there like i can't think of words right now elements yeah elements that the exact where there's different elements out there that we don't even have access to. It's incredible. Like even with that Bob Lazar, you know, story, like the fuel for this UFO, they named it like material number 15 or something like that. You know what I mean? But it it doesn't exist in our technology, you know, like the type of fuel that they had, the type of equipment that they had. It just, it still doesn't exist. That was in the 80s and we're in 2022 and we still don't have access to that. Did
0: you know that helium is finite? and That it's a... Limited amount.
1: Yes, I did. Yeah, and we're just we're like, running out. Balloons we're
0: up? just fucking filling balloons up. Do you know that they use it for like MRI machines and like yeah. shit, like major shit in hospitals? I <laughs> cannot even wrap my brain around the that. What are we doing? And we had like a shortage like two years ago. And oh, when I that know. happened, I was like, "What do you mean there's a shortage?" And they're like, "Yeah, they just like some truck like box, like like they almost took out all the balloons at like Dollar General." Like if they would just do that, it would probably like save us like years off the back end. Because I was buying balloons like willy nilly, like an asshole.
1: I I know, me too. (laughs) Sometimes I'm just like,
0: ooh, balloon. (laughs) We had to stop buying balloons. Fuck not eating. (laughs) <laughs> we should like put that on a bill or something. <laughs> like no more balloons. Like it's fine. So that's the craziest thing I've heard this week. Yeah, that everyone's is weird. gonna be like, Yeah, I know, Catherine. Well, why are you buying balloons then? You... <laughs> oh my god, I think we're good. We did really good this episode. We did fun stuff up front. We did the whole Saint. We did shit we're watching. We did crazy shit we've heard.
1: I think I interrupted you with a lot of weird nonsense though.
0: <laughs> I don't think so at all. I don't I remember. Like, At this moment in my life, I think we did a great fucking episode. (laughs) At this moment (laughs) in my life. (laughs) Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for another crazy episode of the Hash podcast. This was so much fun.
1: This was so much fun. We're so <laughs> weird. Sorry, oh, everybody. I know. Thank you so Sorry much. Sorry you had to find out this way.
0: <laughs> this is all we have. So thank Bye. you so much for supporting us. All eight of you <laughs> are just the apple of my eye. <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Thank you. Very far I know you're not up to
1: this episode yet.
0: <laughs> well, if anybody could find out more information about the UFO that was, where was it? It was that in Brooklyn or is that in Rockaway?
1: Um, I think it was Brooklyn.
0: Probably around Cheapside Bay. Yeah, it Everybody's was like crazy.
1: So- I, my brother <laughs> knew what type of UFO it was. I thought when I like, was telling him this that he was going to think I was nuts. Yeah. And he is the same. <laughs> yeah I didn't know pe- that
0: Yeah, there's more people out there like us than we think and there's so much content out there right now like there's a new documentary series that just got released on Netflix this weekend it's called ancient apocalypse and he does this whole thing where he's trying to find the oldest civilization and like what happened to them so he goes to Malta and even Ohio it's like all connected and yeah I didn't didn't know that there's like a east coast west coast biggie tupac beef between archaeologists and astrologists
1: i didn't know that either
0: yeah you learned that in the fucking documentary like there's this serpent's mound that's located in ohio and it's literally like humans back in the day like built a snake like mound out of dirt by hand and now it's like elevated and it's lined up with like the sunset during the solstice. And like all the shit or whatever and oh. yeah it's like all obvious it's it's a great series i have to rewatch yeah, it i
1: actually think i saw this i'm sh- and yeah the, i'm pretty sure
0: and the fucking archaeologists are like no you're wrong and they <laughs> literally like let the trees overgrow at like the head of the serpent so you don't really get the full impact of the summer solstice because it's like crowded And they said it was because they wanted to like give, you know, shade to the visitors or whatever. Like who gives a shit about the people that are going? It's the fucking thing.
1: There's a good Joe Rogan interview with Bob Lazar.
0: Joe Rogan is in this documentary too.
1: Oh really? I know that a lot of what you said I've definitely seen.
0: Oh yeah.
1: So in the documentary Mm -hmm. they talk about they can't verify his background. Okay. Oh. The thing that is revealed in this documentary is that he claims that he worked at the Alamo and he claims that he worked at S4 where, you know, like Roswell. Basically, the government must have wiped his whole entire background out. Which because, is
0: definitely a possibility.
1: Yeah. They didn't just hire him. Okay, he definitely worked at the Alamo because they did have paper records, which they kept saying, nope, it's not him. And they were like, no, he's there's all this evidence that he was there. Like, there's video, like, because he worked there before he went and worked on the UFOs. And they have all indication that he worked at this place, and I think he revealed like a W two form or something like that that he worked there. But what the fuck is? Why am I talking about this?
0: I don't know. Oh, whatever. I mean, it made sense, but I can't. I I can't go back in my mind to. I don't know. I think we are I don't know. We were. Just, oh, we're uh well, we were talking about the Serpent's Mound, and then I think you were just bringing up the other documentary, and then you were just giving like highlights about it. Yeah, something like that.
1: Okay, whatever.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: (laughs) you get the gist.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. Plus, we were wrapping up anyway. I was like, where are we? Oh, man, where can we? Find us and listen to this lovely
1: program. You can find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts. (laughs)
0: Thank you guys
1: so much. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Oh, God.